0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Norwood Noise podcast, Wednesday, the 27th of April. Here we are, again, live from the campus of Xavier University, myself, Evan Schobel, alongside Graham Griffith. Um, this will be our last in-person podcast of the, uh, at least of this kind of, you know, this school year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also be, um, this is the first episode of season two. Um, so this is what we'll begin season two as we kind of start talking about next year. Um, the twenty-two, twenty-three college basketball season. Um, we're going to get you through all the coaching carousel stuff. Um, we'll talk through all of that. We're going to talk about some transfer portal stuff, and then we got some big headlines and big news towards the end, um, towards the end of the episode. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with the Musketeer Minute. Uh, but first of all, Graham, you know, how are you? How have you been? What's What's this? You know, first month of no college basketball been like for you?
1: It's been weird. Uh, you know. This is definitely the year that I've spent the most time following, uh, watching, um, and, you know, just staying on top of all college basketball news, you know, being around, you know, basketball campus and obviously with the podcast. So having not a lot of college basketball to watch or talk about or read about, it's kind of been like this weird void almost. So now that, you know, we're back, back on the saddle, you know, talking about, you know, these coaching changes, transfer portal, and keeping you updated on all Xavier news. Um, it's, it's good to be back before, you know, we head home for the summer and be even less college basketball once right. that dead period starts. So I'm eager to get uh, right into it, um, starting with some coaching changes.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this list uh, is alphabetical um, by Power Six, so we've got the power six schools here, and then we'll probably skim through and, and note a couple other ones um, that are worth noting, um, but nothing too crazy down the rest of the list. But we'll, we'll focus on the power six at the top first. Um, this is via shout-out to Matt Norlander of CBS Sports um, for providing this list and keeping it very organized. We'll start at the top. Um, Butler, right here in our very own Big East Conference. Um, Laval Jordan uh, has been asked to step down. Um, and then in steps Thad Motta which I think is you know someone that um, has had a little time away from the sport um, and it should be kind of interesting hire obviously great career here at Xavier um, with Ohio State um, and then also um, you know with, with Butler of course um, so definitely an interesting um, coaching change and I will we'll be interested it's kind of a theme here at least in the Big East um, a lot of coaches going home uh, with Thad Mata, Sean Miller um, and then obviously uh, Shaheen Holloway as well to uh, Seton Hall, things like that. We'll get to all that later, but point being, um, I think a very interesting hire. Um, obviously things to kind of keep a note, um, he left in Ohio, Ohio State um, in 2017 with some health issues, some health concerns, so we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. Obviously I hope you know he'll be okay and be able to um, you know, kind of coach a full game, coach a full season and everything goes smoothly there. Um, but definitely interesting, definitely worth noting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, quickly, um, Butler versus Xavier has become a hot ticket already. Everybody's already excited, kind of looking forward to those games.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also, you know, super interesting because when Thadamata, re- you know, stepped down, you know, for the health reasons, I always pictured him, you know, be like this older guy. And he's only a year older than Sean Miller, which yeah, I think no, is I, unbelievable.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, when he when he stepped away, I kind of – in. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I yeah, know, I kind of thought of him as like this older guy that you know was towards the twilight of his career, anyways. Maybe it was a few years early, but it was probably going to happen eventually, anyways.
1: Right, like I think when he was hired, we were talking about it. and It's like, how old is he? And we did know, you're we Googled right. it, and our guesses were you know twenty years his senior. <laughs> so, I think that amount of brings um, something that Butler has lacked uh, probably since Brad Stevens of just. It will just be a whole different um, team really. I think Butler has, in the past few years has been that team that, you know, they'll compete and you know maybe snag a few wins in conference play and they've always done well in the Big East tournament. But this is something that we haven't seen in a while if this Thaumatite, um you know, resurgence takes place. Uh, moving forward, uh, probably won't spend a whole lot of time on it just because this entire season has been about it. But uh, Duke, obviously Coach K, is uh, retiring after 47 years of coaching.
0: A glorious 47 years. Yeah,
1: and John Shire's uh, tep- um, stepping in. And I can say with confidence, that I don't think it will be that much of a drop-off. I mean, John Shire. No, have
0: you seen the, the rate at which he's recruiting? Yeah. It's well, unbelievable. It's, it's a rate at which Krzyzewski never recruited at already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, it's unbelievable. Sorry,
1: I'll continue. Yeah, I mean, Shire's the youngest coach in um, a power league right now. But everything that John Shire knows from basketball has stepped in from his playing days through Coach K and coaching with Coach K. Um, he's been their, one of their lead recruiters the past five years. And obviously, you know, the likes of, you know, Wendell Carter, Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, um, He knows how to recruit, and he knows how to coach. You know, he stepped in that one time and, you know, definitely took that game away. Um, I think that was against Florida State. I think John Shire is going to – Florida
0: State on the road, right? Yeah,
1: I think John Shire is going to, you know, do a great job this season. The fact that he's been able to retain some key players, I mean, obviously Duke's always going to have kids to the draft, but then to retain the recruits and recruit even more, um, I think that there won't be much of a drop-off. Which is sad news for all the Duke haters of the world.
0: <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think I think it's going to be just fine. Um, I think Shire will continue to roll with that Duke program. Um, I think it'll take him some time. I think I will. I do think that we will see um, definitely some, you know, first year, couple, you know, first few year um, nerves. Maybe some in game decisions that aren't the best. Um, but overall, I think I'm sure he'll keep it the same system, um, you know, offensively and defensively. Um, and obviously he's still going to have the athletes, so it's just all about those, those in-game decisions that I think might need a little priming, um, but overall I think he'll be just fine. Um, right. Moving on, then we've got kind of a little chain of SEC teams here, um, and we'll kind of run through all of them. Quite a few SEC changes this year, um, but we've got South Carolina, Missouri, Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia, and Florida. That's six SEC changes this year. At um, Florida, we've got in Todd, Todd Golden coming from San Francisco. I'm a huge fan of this hire for Florida. Um, out is Mike White. Mike White then steps in at Georgia. Kind of surprising to see him there. Um, and honestly, a little even more surprising to not see um, our boy Jonas Hayes get a look there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit surprised by that. I understand that um, Josh Brooks, the AD at Georgia, kind of got what he was looking for there. Um, there, with you know, he, he wanted. I know he had kind of voiced that he wanted a, a coach that had mm-hmm. had some experience, things like that. Um, still surprised though to see Hayes not get a look. Um, at LSU, uh, in comes Mac Mahone, um, or Matt McMahon um, from Murray State, which is, I, I think, a really tough scene. Um, I feel bad for him, obviously. Will Wade stepping out there um, under some NCAA fire. I, I mean, they. I don't know. I think it's I think it's tough for Matt McMahon because he's been kind of waiting for this moment for this you know mm-hmm. power power six um, power five you know power five and one whatever you want to call it um, you know kind of moment or his opportunity here at a power five school. I think it's unfortunate that's going to come under some NCAA um, fire, um, but I do kind of hope the best for him. And I think it's, he's a great hire there. Um, Chris Jans uh, coming from New Mexico State obviously has been kind of a historically solid program coming out of the whack. Um Uh, With New Mexico State, you see him consistently in the tournament. Um, I think he's finally getting what's due. Um, Ben Howland stepping out there at Mississippi State. Uh, And then Missouri, Dennis Gates, we just saw him recently uh, with Cleveland State. Um, I think kind of a quick hire, um, if I'm being honest. Um, But obviously, coming from the coaching tree of Leonard Hamilton, you're going to have great um, experience there either way. Um, And then South Carolina, uh, Lamont Paris. Um, stepping in, again, also, I believe, kind of a quick hire. I think I think Paris, um, Dennis Gates, and then Shaheen Holloway as well are kind of more like recent success hires. Todd Golden, I'd almost put that in the same category, although I do think Golden's a little bit better. Um, but he's stepping in for Frank Martin, which is still crazy to me that Frank Martin even ever coached in South Carolina. Like, I'm not going to lie, I remember when they made their little tournament run, I think that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember looking at that and being like, Oh my God, Frank Martin's in the SEC. Like I just did, I never even picked up on that after he left K State, um, which shows you how much SEC basketball is on my radar. But, anyways, point being, um, there's your list down or your rundown of SEC coaches. Um, Grandma'll kind of let you take off with uh, with any big takes you might have on on each of those.
1: Yeah, I really like that San Francisco team. I thought they were just so well balanced and um, really in a league that doesn't get much attention other than. Being who does Gonzaga beat by thirty, I mean San Francisco was a part of that you know squad of teams like Santa Clara BYU St Mary's, and obviously you know San Francisco's success really shine light on on them and I think Todd golden has a good opportunity because I you know we were talking about the quick the quick hires of the S e c and a lot of those guys are coming in after not having they've had success but not like a long career not sustained, of it exactly. Um, but I think in a conference where almost half the conference is going to have a I mean, new you know, the coach, the conference is
0: wide open. I, I mean, outside of obviously the regulars of you know Kentucky and Tennessee, I think the the you know the conference is pretty wide open.
1: Yeah, it's it's split because you have I think half of it is coaches that have proven themselves that are all in the conversation for top coaches in the country. You know, but. Oates, oh, Musselman, Calipari, all of Oh, oh
0: I I've, I I do forget about Arkansas being yeah. one of those top 3 now.
1: Um, but apologies. And then you but then on the other side you have, you know, seven programs now with a new coach. I think there's a good opportunity for some of these guys that to other people outside looking in might not be proven And in a league where you're going to play all these guys multiple times. I mean, I think that we might one of these guys could, is poised to become like one of the next great coaches in college basketball.
0: So if you were to pick one, who do you think it would be?
1: I, I, as much as I love you know, um, McMahon's, like McMullen's teams at Murray State, I think that he is entering the hardest. Don't completely agree. Um, and then I would also you know, roll out um, Dennis Gates. I think he's a great coach. But just because you are going into Missouri who hasn't... They don't have an identity. They don't have, um, you know, that success to to back it. Like, when you step into a good coaching program and a good basketball culture, you can kind of ride off that energy. This is a um, coach that... This is such a big jump for him. Go from Horizon to the SEC and... I think he and um, has just, like, one of the hardest, you know, spots, you know, to step into. On the flip side, I think Todd Golden is poised um, for a great opportunity. And I think, you know, one of my dark, dark horses would, you know, be Chris Jans. I, don't, I think Mississippi State has been that team for several years now where they just know the road. You know, they're going to drop a game uh, even in non-conference, but then, you know, they'll compete with you every night. I think that he's set up for um, great success uh, there. I think Georgia uh, with Mike White was kind of an interesting move, you know, go from Florida to Georgia. Um, He has so much pressure on him. It's it's been well documented that the athletic director, Josh Brooks, has very little to do with, you know, Georgia football. It is very much, you know, The big wigs are making the decision. The men in suit walk in, and, you know, and he's kind of left there to, like, sit back. So, you know, he wants, you know, Georgia basketball to be his controlled experiment. Let him do what he wants to do there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kirby Smart pretty much calls all the shots for for Georgia (laughs) football. exactly.
1: So I think he has so much pressure on him um, to really rejuvenate a program that the most they have to show for is a year of Anthony Edwards. (laughs) um i guess you know moving on we could talk about uh kansas state uh, well,
0: hold on, Wait, you didn't give me an answer who do you think is gonna be your bet you think christians at mississippi state yeah christians
1: okay, okay. and um todd golden
0: yeah i, right I right think right. todd golden is, is best set up um just florida i think i think they're they've got history they've mm-hmm. got you know they've had good programs um golden gives me some whiffs slight whiffs of of billy donovan so i think uh I could see him being really, really successful there. It kind of gives me that, like that, and like a Brad Stevens kind of yeah, kinda vibe. A like sure. younger guy um, knows the game super well. Yeah, um, he's the some, s-
1: second youngest coach yeah. in the big leagues. Yeah,
0: he's had to, he's had some really you know small school success that I think is uh, is really going to help him out there. So, anywho, yes, like I'll let you take it from here. Um,
1: yeah. So, Bruce Weber is um is out after. A very long career, um, but then you move on to Jerome Tang, who was um, an assistant for Baylor for several years, and then um, he was a coach at Manhattan. Um, this is very confusing. Hire to me, really? I while I'm sure he was, you know, a great assistant at Baylor, I obviously, you know, don't know all the assistants at every school. But I know that man. like...
0: senior job description, Graham. You gotta oh, pick it up here. Yeah,
1: seriously. <laughs> but then, usually when you see, like, a jump um, from a small school to, um, you know, a big league, and, you know, we were just talking about, um, you know, Chris Jans and Dennis Gates, they, like, have had definitive like, success and made a name for themselves. Uh, Jerome Tang had a, a Manhattan team that I don't recognize them ever making the tournament in the past few years. So I, it was a very confusing hire to me, especially because with how you know, the SEC, uh, not the SEC, the um, Big 12 has changed, and then you have four new teams coming in, um next academic year not this year i think it's 2023 2024 all the new teams are added and how competitive the um you know big 12 was this year there's so many really really quality teams kansas state kind of fell down that totem pole um and i'm i was just very interested that they didn't go out and just get like a proven guy unless they really you know believe in what jerome 10 can do I mean, I could be eating my words um, right now, but I'll be interested to see what he can do because there's so much pressure on Kansas State to stay afloat an ever-changing Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things we've talked about this before. Like, I mean, it, someone's got to finish last in the Big Twelve. It's just like how someone's got to finish last in the Big East. You know, th- mm-hmm. these are really really good, you know, conferences with a ton of really good programs tough to see Bruce go I like personally as a Kansas fan like you know we make fun of him we give him crap whatever but I am a little bit sad to see him go I think he was a great coach I think he cared a lot um, not that other coaches don't but I I think he just really really um, was a big fan of his his guys and he was a, a really you know good friend of them I think he had good relationships for the most part like I just think I don't know. I think he did. He did really well um, with what he had to work with. Um, getting him to an elite eight, um, you know, tying for the Big Twelve, tying to win the Big Twelve twice, you know, like that's that's those are all big accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, in a ten-year career at K-State, um, he's over 500. Like that's hard to do, you know. For being honest, um, any other conf- I really do truly believe any other conference that Kansas State team is a tournament team this year. I really do believe that. Right. Um, that team was so solid That was a very, very, very good Kansas State team um, Nigel Peck was unbelievable um, We'll get to him a little bit later uh, In his recent transfer news But point being um, I think that Kansas State team was really good I think it was unfortunate to see him go out that way um, But yeah, in steps, Jerome Tang You know, Baylor assistant I think, you know, he I mean, again, I agree with you A little bit of a you know, confusing hire um, There's some discussion around the um, then possibly hiring um blank on his name oh my goodness uh grant mccaslin sorry um from north texas um i mm. think that would have been a little bit more um again like you were kind of saying of a proven hire um obviously didn't get to the tournament this year with the with not winning the cusa tournament which was interesting um but still again i think a solid guy and uh yeah, I mean, coming from Baylor, obviously coming under out of a great coaching tree. Scott Drew's a great coach. So we'll see what that has to bring for Kansas State. Um, next up, Louisville. Um, out Chris Mack in Kenny Payne. This could be really interesting. I think Louisville could – this could be kind of the turnaround point. Um, I think Louisville could become, uh, once again, one of those top, top, top-tier programs um, in the country. Obviously a team with great history. Um, and I think there's a lot that could uh, – you know, could, a lot of good that could come from this. Um, obviously, he has been an assistant under John Calipari before. Um, and this is, you know, obviously also uh, another thing worth noting. Um, Payne did also um, bring in Nolan Smith uh, from Duke as his top assistant. So that's obviously worth noting. A couple big things there. i um, excited to see what he can bring, though, to the Louisville program. Um, another big geese coach on the way out, Kevin Willard. He is headed to Miami. Or Miami. Wow. He's headed to Maryland, um, out with Mark Turgeon. Obviously, Turgeon stepped down early, early in the season. It wasn't even conference play, was it? It was still, like, November, December. Yeah, it was very early. Um, very early on in the year. Um, uh, Dan Manning got his chance, interim head coach there at Maryland, which is awesome to see that, personally as a Kansas fan. Um, Willard's good. I I don't know. One and five in the NCAA tournament? Like, is he really that incredible of I co- – I don't know. I mean, you – you know take what take what you take what you may and then I'll let you know um, Grandma let you kind of have your your takes on this uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say but personally I don't know if this is the best move for Maryland I think there were more options out there um, and I'll, I'll just be interested to see um, you know other, outside of getting Seton hall to kind of be in a top uh, you know middle to top tier program in the big East um, I don't know if he's really been that that well proven but I'll let you
1: uh, I've always been well, – I think I'm going to disagree. I've always liked, you know, Seton Hall's uh, team, the way they play. Um, I think another key thing that I see is every time they play a top team in the Big East, you never knew that it was any different game for them. They always came prepared. And I think, um, you know, we can make the argument all day, you know, what's better, Big East or Big Ten. But it's an indisputable fact that there are more bottom feeders every year in the Big Ten. So I think if Kevin Willard's, you know, teams, there's an immediate, you know, change and, you know, he can get back to where Maryland was um, just a few short years ago, probably around 2018. It's probably one of their better years. You know, when you don't have to, you know, play a gauntlet in the Big East every year, um, you know, he gets a couple easier wins and then you... And then if they're able to bring what Seton Hall had, which was that competitive energy against everyone they play,
0: and you've got a better situation in general. You know the Maryland head coaching position. Obviously, you got a lot more. You know, yeah, a so lot more for re- sure resources and things like that. I mean, obviously Maryland's a, a very proud basketball program.
1: So. Yeah, I think that Kevin Willard is set up very well. Um, I don't think he's inherit- inheriting like a bad program, um, like. They they just very to, rabid fan base. Too. Yeah, they're the just rally around them. Right now, they're just at like this stalemate, and I think that the way that Kevin Willard carries himself and how his team carries um, themselves when they play and how they prepare for games, I think he's set up for um, very great success uh, in the few short years that are coming up. Um, you know, moving on, uh, we just talked about you know Seton Hall, Kevin Willard, uh, and now. Seton Hall brings in um, one of their star point guards, uh, Shaheen Holloway. Um, I was shocked at how quick this came. Yeah. Obviously, he's a, one heck of a coach. He was the St. Peter's head coach that toppled so many teams, and every week, you know, you and I talked about this. Every time we were playing, it's like, all right, this is the one. Yeah, yeah. And it, is it, here, right? and, and it never was. Um, you know, he's getting a six-year deal coming into the Big East, um, and I just think that there, there's a huge buzz around him, and I really hope that um, for his sake and, you know, being a new coach in a, in a tough conference, like, the fact that, you know, St. Peter's was so proud of him and Seton Hall welcomed him, like it was yesterday that he was playing for him. I think that there he – he inherits one of the better situations. I agree. Because, um, like, Seton Hall, like, wasn't, like, you know, like, oh, God, Kevin Willard, what have you done to our program? It's just, like, he didn't deliver. So that, you know, they're still optimistic. And then when you bring in a guy like Shaheen Hall who's, you know, super energy guy. I mean, I just love the way he talked about his team and the interviews and stuff. I was a huge fan of his, and I think several people are in the country. I was just very shocked that it's just, like, that, you know, yeah. like
0: no, I totally agree, and I, and again, again, I agree with you. I'm I'm excited for him. I think Shaheen will bring a great deal of energy to the Seton Hall team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, it was definitely a quick, quick turnaround there. Um, obviously, we've already touched, you know, more than touched on. We have deeply discussed Xavier's new head coach Sean Miller. Um, I think we're both obviously very excited for that. Um, and then the last one, and and I don't know about you, Graham, but this to me was the most shocking one by far. Um, this was a complete slap in the face. Um, we were sitting together at dinner when this when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Wright is stepping down as uh, or is retiring from college basketball, at least or at least from his time at Villanova. Um, and Kyle Neptune from Fordham is stepping in. Um, I I am just it, it's unbelievable. The, Jay Wright has set has left such a great great legacy. Um, I mean, I would consider them a blue blood now. I don't know about you, Mm -hmm. um, but I would pretty much consider them as a blue blood. And with him stepping away, you know, a little bit later in the cycle, I think it's interesting because I think Villanova probably, you know, could have had a little bit higher caliber, more proven coach had he done this earlier. Um, Not that I'm arguing with the decision or, you know, anything like that. I think obviously he's kind of proven that, Hey, you know, guys don't have to coach into their 70s or their 80s if you're Jim Bayheim, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be happy. Like, they can step away when they want, and I'm, I'm so happy for him and his family um, to get to experience that. and I think that's awesome um, that he's retiring when he wants to and when it feels right. Um, for sure. But I, at the same time, you know, I think to some extent, and nothing against Kyle Neptune, I think Kyle Neptune is going to be a phenomenal coach, and I still think Villanova's going to have all the resources, and like you, like you said, you know they're still ret- retaining all the recruits things like that. I still think Villanova's going to be a top-tier program. That's not what I'm saying here. I just think they could have had a more proven coach had he done this earlier is my only
1: right. Deal. Um at you know, Fordham, Kyle Neptune is coming from the A10, so I, you know, I get to see, you know, Fordham play once twice a year and I think that this was a good hire because Kyle Kyle Neptune's team, I think, was very like, you know, like a simplified version of um, Jay Wright's team. Like, I always felt like they were in control, like, they dictated the game as much as they could. They didn't have, you know, that crazy success that maybe you would look for, but he's a great coach, and he was a good recruiter. They had their highest recruit uh, to date. Um, You know, Fordham has a battle, you know, being in New York City. There's so many. you know, so many good players that come out of that area and then, you know, the Big Tens and the Big East and, you know, the ACC guys, you know, they just come in, sweep up all the good talent. And he was able to, you know, get a high three-star recruit um, this year. Um, and I think that Kyle Neptune could really, um, especially this next year since so many people are, you know, are staying true to the commitment. Uh, Their recruits, none of them left. I think Kyle Neptune's set up for a good year. It'll just be interesting to see um, if he can carry that on. You know, it's one thing, you know, to have a good year, but it's something else, you know, to retain what Villanova has built for the past 15, 20 years that, you know, Jay Wright built. Um, You know, with the Final Fours, the two national championships, consistent dominance, especially at home. Um, Kyle Neptune has a tough spot. Uh, right now a lot of pressure to you know to keep going what Jay Wright left especially so abruptly totally
0: um, all right so just a couple other ones worth noting just some big names that I want to mention um, stepping into some new positions um, Steve Prohm uh, former Iowa State head coach um, accepting the job at Murray State I think that'll keep them at a, at a top level program um, our boy Travis Steele headed up the road to Oxford I'm going to Miami of Ohio and then Frank Martin um, ending up at UMass. I think that's an interesting one. Um, UMass, obviously, with some history. We'll definitely be interested to see what they do with that. And then Archie Miller, um, kind of wrapping up those notable names, uh, uh, heading to Rhode Island. Graham, you got one more for me? Yeah,
1: and, of course, our guy Jonas Hayes Yes. going cool to Georgia guy. State. Um, I think he did such a phenomenal job. Um,
0: I still will stand on the hill that he deserves that Georgia job.
1: Yeah, I think that he did such a phenomenal job, you know. Everyone knows, you know, that's difficult. But I don't think people really it resonated how hard it was for those kids. You know, you have that late season, you know, downfall. Your coach gets fired after your first win, and it was the player's decision to play in the NIT. Like they were locked in on it, but then your coach is, you know, was forced to resign. And then then you're just left with after scraping past Cleveland State, you're just left in this weird spot of like what's next? Like what are we gonna do? And Coach Hayes comes in and he's like emphasizing, you know, like the teamwork, the believe aspects and saying that like if they like they deserve to be here, they can do this. And then and then on top of that you bring in Sean Miller and while he wasn't with the team or really interacting with them much, you still have all of that buzz. buzz. And to then go on and handle most of the teams they played, then you go to Madison Square Garden where we've had such a sour taste in our mouth of that arena. I mean, apart from the preseason tournament that we played, I mean, it's been a while since we've won there. And then to go there and just handle business, lift up that trophy, I think Coach Hayes deserves all the respect in the world for it. While the players put in so much effort, I think – Coach Hayes's, you know, words and expertise on how to really develop a relationship with the player is something that um, a lot of programs are taking for granted right now. Um, I think Georgia State is poised to do great things. Obviously, we're going to touch on it a little bit more later. But Dewan Odom, uh, Xavier, point guard, right, riding right shotgun with him. Yes, yeah, you know, joining him, uh, Coach Peters. Um, Danny Peters, uh, assistant coach from Xavier, is headed there, and um, director of ops uh, from Xavier. Chase Vaudrin is also joining him. So, you know, with the combination of what Georgia State has built, and it's it's very substantial. They've done well. They are a well-respected mid-major program. And then you bring in Coach Hayes' philosophy, and he has a few guys to um, enforce it and, you know, emphasize it. I think Georgia State is going to be that tournament team, and I really I would love to see them get like a 13 or 14 or heck, even 12 seed next year. I think that'd be just so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think they've um, got a lot of new Panther fans here in, in Southwest Ohio, so definitely mm-hmm. good to see that. All moving to the transfer portal. Um, Shouts to evanmaya.com for all this great and organized information. Um, a lot better than I could ever do it. Um, We're just going to touch on probably about the top 20, um, because that's where Imani Bates is. Um, The top 20 uh, uh, names in the transfer portal, those that have completed and those that haven't. So I'm just going to run through them really quickly, um, starting from 20 going to 1. Imani Bates, obviously leaving Memphis. No decision yet on whether he'll be staying or um, leaving, ending up somewhere else. Um, Johnny Brumi, Moorhead State, also undecided, hasn't found anything yet. Uh, Joe Toussaint from Iowa. He is headed to West Virginia. Could be an interesting addition for that Bob Huggins team there in Morgantown. Isaac Likely um, leaving Oklahoma State. Um, I will be interested to see where he ends up. I think he's a real talent. I've seen him play quite a few years down at Oklahoma State. Um, And definitely think he will be a a real problem moving forward for whoever can get their hands on him. Brandon Murray from LSU is headed to Georgetown. Obviously lots of LSU names here. Um, Five in the top 30. Um, As a lot of their players are leaving, uh, wanting to play for playoff teams or, excuse me, postseason teams, things like that. Obviously losing um, Will Wade is a big detriment to that program. But, yes, Brandon Murray head to Georgetown. Adam Miller from LSU, uh, no decision yet there either. Jake Stevens um, from VMI is head to Chattanooga. Uh, Malachi Smith from Chattanooga, um, no decision there yet. Uh, A guy that I think, you know, we were talking about this before the pod, but I kind of wish that maybe Xavier had – Taken, you know, tried maybe giving a little deeper effort into. Not that, not that I know whether they did or didn't, um, but Andre Corbello uh, from Illinois is head to St. John's. Would have loved to see him in a Musketeer uniform, um, but he will be there at St. John's and just, just uh, he's going to be a tough guy to play a couple times a year. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Jawan Gary from Alabama is head to Nebraska. Nebraska's building a sneaky good team there. Got it, you know, snuck up a couple wins there at the end of the season. Um, big addition here in Jawan Gary. I think that Nebraska team could be. A little sneaky going into next year. Nigel Peck, like we mentioned earlier, I don't even understand who he's number ten on this list. I think he should be way, way up there um, in the in this top uh, transfer rankings. Nigel Peck from Kansas State headed to Miami. Um, you just said he signed a big time NIL deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Shearfield uh, from Nevada, nothing yet on where he will end up. Eric Gaines also from LSU um, going to UAB. I think that'll be interesting. Again. UAB, kind of a consistent, obviously the Blazers, uh, a consistent uh, tournament team. They're out of the CUSA. We'll be interested to see how that impacts their team. Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. Um, he's looking at the University of Kansas as one of his top prospects or places to end up. Would be interested to see him there or anywhere else. Um, Tyrese Hunter, obviously a great talent. KJ Williams from Murray State. We'll be interested to see where he goes. Um, Norchad Omir from Arkansas State. He's also going to Miami. So, again, that's two of the top ten uh, prospects right now headed to Miami. Jim Laranega is just, just reloading down there um, at Miami. Baylor Shearman uh, from South Dakota State, nothing yet on his next spot. Um, Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, tough scene uh, for the Red Raiders. Both Texas Tech guys are headed out. Um, kind of surprising after you know a very successful year um, there for Texas Tech. Um, and I think a really solid tournament. Um, Obviously, head coach Mark Adams in his first year. Interesting to see him lose two players there, and then Kendrick Davis from SMU is headed to Memphis as the top player in the transfer portal. Um, so those are kind of the big ones. Graham, is there any of them that stick out to you that you really think you know are going to be guys that are going to make huge huge impacts, um, you know, in their new conferences or are going to be huge pieces of detriment to their former
1: team? Uh, first off, I would like you know talk about. Um, Terrence Shannon Jr. I was really impressed with him at Texas Tech, and the fact that you know his recruitings are still open. I'll be interested to see where he heads. Um, and then uh, Miami bringing in uh, N- uh, Omeyer from Arkansas State and Nigel Pack from Kansas State. Those are two of you know the best options in the transfer portal. and to bring those guys in after having such. Um, unexpected, I would say, success in the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to be set up very well. Andre Cabello being in the Big East is a little bit scary. I'll
0: completely ju- scary, especially like his playing style, and then joining the this past year's fastest team in the Big East and one of the fastest teams in the country. Mm-hmm. That really scares me. Yeah,
1: I'm very interested to see like how he plays, uh, because I want to know if he'll be like kind of an initiator, which is where he was. At Illinois, But, like, I don't think that he's an initiator in that system Um, at Illinois. He was kind of just, like, the Kofi guy. And I just didn't think that that gelled with his play style. So maybe he, like, won't be turned off on that. Um, I've also seen, you know, with Julian Champagne entering the NBA draft, like, will he be, like, a primary option for scoring? Like, that – because he – I think he's very talented. He definitely could do that. I think he's
0: capable of that, absolutely.
1: Um, And then – Uh, Moving on, you know, Brandon Murray going to Georgetown is very concerning. Uh, From LSU, Georgetown has done a great job, Uh, you know, transfer portal-wise. They're in talks of um, Tyrell Ward, which we'll get into. Um, And, you know, rounding out that that top 20, something that's interesting, just for media buzz, I think Imani Bates is very interesting. I think that was such a terrible... Dumpster fire of a program in Memphis. I I've res- shown my resentment um, for that pro program all uh, year. I digress. Yeah, uh, but um, he's such a big name, and at the end of the day, he's very talented, and very gifted. So if anyone is, you know, Wednesday Maya Bates Sweet Steaks, they'll be interested to see what he does in a new environment.
0: Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, wrapping it with uh, the Musketeer Minute. Um, obviously only a couple couple big things worth noting um, Ben Stanley uh, is in the transfer portal um, heading out of Xavier um, alongside uh, Dewan Odom obviously DeWan headed to Georgia State um, with Jonas Hayes really no surprises there I think everybody could have seen that one coming um, and then a couple names that are uh, oh excuse me and Spencer Cody as well has entered, entered the transfer portal from Xavier Um and then just a couple big names that are that are considering. Um, we've obviously been in big talks with Xavier Penson. Um be funny to have a Xavier on Xavier. Um but yeah, Xavier Penson has been um considering Xavier as his final destination. Um and yeah, that's you know, those are kind of the big ones. Um you, sorry, I'm totally yeah. blanking. Um, the other one you mentioned. Oh.
1: Yes, uh, so a big name um, that, you know, we're in the running Tyrell
0: for. Tyrell Ward. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. yeah they, totally space.
1: Uh, Tyrell Ward was um, the, one of the best recruits at Xavier's, you know, been able to, um, you know, get on campus and make the commitment. Hmm. Um, obviously, uh, with um, all but one of his coaches that that he put his trust in to commit, um, stayed at Xavier. And once his name said that he was going to res- – pursue other options, there is that hope, you know, for a little bit. Like, oh, he could come back once he meets with the team or whatever. Um, But at the end of the day when uh, so many great powerhouse schools are calling your name and flying you out to these amazing official visits, um, I'm not surprised that we aren't in his final Mm -hmm. running. Um, His main three are LSU. I think that um, he'd be attracted to, you know, going to the SEC with a new coach that that they would need. A big name and someone who could put the ball in the hoop and i think that he would step into a great role which is definitely appealing for him uh secondly uh va tech um his aau coach is now an assistant coach at virginia tech um so he has that bond there and the thirdly is georgetown which is uh, very terrifying uh just because of what they've been able to do um, at the end of the day you know we've seen that georgetown has struggled in the past two seasons under pat ewing but at the end of the day I mean if they get the right players I mean anything could happen because um, there's no doubt that Patrick Ewing's an amazing basketball mind he just hasn't had the success um, and to add Jordan Brooks, a former Xavier um, coach, is now an assistant coach at Georgia Tech uh, Georgetown sorry um, and they have you know a deep bond there's uh, Jordan Brooks was instrumental in recruiting Tyre Ward to Xavier um, so now that he's at Georgetown. Uh, the doors definitely open to, for a little uh, friendship reunion, you could say. Um, they're both from the BMV area. Um, and then uh, additionally huge news, um, uh, Ado Tiero. Uh, He's uh, right outside on um, the suburbs of Pittsburgh um, about uh, 15 minutes from where Sean Miller grew up. Uh, he had, had a very rare case that he had a little bit of interest you know going into his senior year and the senior year um, au circuit um and then his senior year he just dominated he was one of he was a conference player of the year first team all district he had great success at his high school and he raked in a bunch of offers uh super late namely kentucky um and additionally you know xavier he, he visited campus on an official visit um sean miller and the rest of the coaching staff you know went back home to Sean Miller's, you know, neck of the woods. I'm sure Coach Miller took him to his favorite spots. Um, And, you know, to see Tiero, he's a very gifted guard. Um, I've been catching up on him just because he just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, And I think him and Xavier Pinson, I think that we'll end up getting one of them. It would just be interesting to see what happens on top of that. And final bit, you know, Xavier News wanted to touch on, is with the Under Armour Adidas and Nike a circuits starting up uh, this month, the coaching staff has gone to absolute work. I mean, every day there's a new offer. Um, and obviously a lot of these guys, or majority of a class of 23, 24, have been, you know, that Travis Steele uh, recruiting tour um, that he had. You know, he's a phenomenal recruiter. But it is now up to 38 offers for the class of 23 and 14 um for the class of 24. They've done an unbelievable job of you know getting early. Um, and I think when while we have the prestige and we're in a great conference at the end of the day, it's a smaller school, smaller names. So striking early is very important um, in these recruiting races. And I think that Sean Miller has done an unbelievable job of you know setting the tone of what's to come for the rest of the Big East.
0: Yeah, I completely agree um, on all those fronts. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that because I think, I think we'd both agree that, you know, we are a solid point guard away from being a really, really, really solid team next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd definitely be interesting to see um, what happens moving forward for this Xavier team. Obviously, Sean Miller, phenomenal coach, and I think we've replaced a lot of the pieces that are still needed. Um, and like I said, we agree that, you know, just missing a couple pieces here and there, and I think this team could be... Really, really solid next year. So excited for the future. Excited to see what's to come. Last thing, we'll wrap up on here. Um, Last bit of news, and there's really not a whole lot to say about this. Um, Mark Emmert at uh, 69, nice years of age, uh, is stepping down as president of the NCAA. Um, Interesting, again, I think kind of similar to the right deal, kind of out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll be interested to see what comes next. Obviously, this doesn't really change anything with NCAA happenings too much. Um, He will serve till the end of June, as I understand it, or until there's a replacement job. Um, And I'm assuming that will probably happen um, within the next month or so, would be my guess. So interesting to see that. Um, Worth noting. But, again, nothing too much, nothing too crazy to say. Um, So, yeah, Grammy, I think to wrap up, tell the people before we head
1: out. Uh, No, not that much. Just about um, there was a lot of uncertainty this year about, especially in our grade as freshmen. I mean, where would Xavier head? I mean, we've had so much success, um, you know, from the 90s, 2000s, early 2010s. You know, you have an Elite Eight to show for it in tournaments every year. Um, and then there's kind of that uncertainty. And then it was like, oh, crap, we won the NIT. But it's like, oh, that coach isn't here anymore. And then it was like the transfer portal stuff. But I just think that the persistence on um, – you know, the recruiting tours that, you know, the coaches have been on, being um, in conversations for some of the top transfers in the country. A lot of the guys we listed on that top 20 we've contacted and we're in the running for at some point. Um, I just think that we are set up to be in a great position for the next few years to come. And it makes me really optimistic about, you know, every day, what news am I going to see instead of, you know, the – those few weeks where it's like, oh, God, what news am I going say- right. to see?
0: Right. Completely agree. And on top of that, too, I mean, you know, Jay Wright, obviously, we wish him the best as he steps down, but, but he's just wide open now. I mean, yeah. seriously, like, there are a lot of different ways that this could go, and I think one of the directions is definitely um, to run through Cincinnati. So
1: Right. I think that one thing that we talked about a lot um, is, this year is that it's been Villanova, and then it's, like, the three – it's like the two to four teams that are like right behind them. Exactly, but oh, when that's when how it's been for the last few years. To yeah, care. when you get rid of Villanova, it's then it's the five teams that are up there. Right. So I think, well, and on
0: top of that, let's let's be honest. It, we're not necessarily getting rid of Villanova. I mean, I still yeah. think they're going to be a top team. No, program. that's what I'm saying.
1: But um, they're just on our level. I now. do
0: think they come come back to us a little bit. Yeah.
1: So, so I think it will be interesting. You know, those title races are going to be a little bit more interesting now. Um, now that the the playing field is been leveled a little bit
0: completely agree all righty well thank you all for tuning in again um we'll try and keep these up about once a month kind of keep you updated on transfer portal things any other kind of late coaching changes you know barring you know we shouldn't probably shouldn't talk to you for another month unless you know whatever bill's self-retired or something crazy like that <laughs> um i would be shocked <laughs> but anyways uh we will leave it at that again April 27th. It is a Wednesday today, and we're wrapping it up. I'll probably post this tomorrow, so this will be up Thursday, April 28th, for your enjoyment. Um, and, yeah, we will talk to you all again in about a month or so. Signing off from the campus of Xavier University here in Cincinnati, Ohio, Graham Griffith, Evan Schibble, the Norwood Noise Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. We will talk to you all later. See you all.